we have the wayward son right here in the studio with us this afternoon so um let's uh, get the show on the road and say a warm welcome to mr mike olson welcome to the shine show good to have you here mike and uh today we're going to talk a little about saint fm um, now, everybody knows it's uh, the heartbeat of St. Helena, uh, St. FM Community Radio, and of course, um, we love being a part of the community. But let's, uh, I'll let you start it all off by telling us, how did it all begin with St. FM? Oh, yeah, even, even that is um, a long story in itself. But uh, in short, um, because in 2000... Um, it was the media board those days, and that was, I think it was called St. Lina News and uh, Radio St. Lina together. There was government tried to make media independent from government, because before that was uh, some form of information office or something they call it, I yeah, think. information and broadcasting section, exactly. I think yes, it was. You will know yeah. more than me about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, the media board had then my friend, uh, my dear friend, uh, Johnny Drummond, as CEO. And he didn't really want to be CEO. He was, he was a newspaper man uh, and uh, also didn't want to have was quite a few people involved. And so uh, apparently, uh, at least they uh, advertised for a CEO for the media board. So, yeah, I applied for that. I mean, I have no background in media whatsoever. The only thing I had, like, background from is that I was involved in politics and things like that from young years. So uh, I managed to talk my way through a lot of things. (laughs) Uh, So uh, I became the CEO um, for the media board. They obviously didn't have much to choose from. So I was then the boss for both at that time, uh, St. Lina News and Radio St. Lina. Oh, you've been a bit of a boss at Radio St. Lina as well then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, but the, the, the two operated very separate from each other, more or less, I wouldn't say hated each other, but there was a rivalry, which, um, yeah, that was presumably long before my time. Uh, but then what happened was that first we changed from St. Lina News to the St. Lina Herald because it sounded, I thought it sounded a bit better than St. Lina News and I got that through with the board because all this was run by a board which made everything a little bit complicated uh, and to take much longer time. Uh, but we got that through um, and uh, also... There's still a strong connection with uh, with government, and uh, if you even if it should be independent, we were threatened several times uh, with uh, yeah more or less cutting the subsidy if where we wrote certain things or said certain things. It was easier for Radio Saint Lina; they were used to that. I never really got into uh, that. Uh, <laughs> that way of operating <laughs> yeah. and uh, uh, Johnny Drummond he wasn't uh, all that keen on that either so there was really constant f- fighting uh, and uh, then later on uh, uh, Johnny got sick and so I took over as 
more or less de facto editor of the Herald and still also then CEO for uh, Radio St. Lina and try to introduce some changes as Radio St. Lina, as you are well aware, and worked with Revox machines and uh, big things. Raquel <laughs> uh, uh, receivers. Uh, yes. The AMS, everything is very big, very power-consuming and very expensive to install. If everybody knows the aerial field up there, it's enormous and... Uh, uh, and I thought that it should be possible to start broadcasting on FM on St. Lina. So while I was CEO at the Media Board, um, I put for, forward a proposal to start FM and also to move Radio St. Lina down to Jamestown, which FM would have enabled and those days, most people will remember that the media board and that there was over Broadway House where uh, National Trust is now. And I'd made plans for rebuilding the back rooms in the yard of Broadway House so we could have both the radio station and the newspaper in one place. They will be more efficient. We don't need a news editor just for radio. We don't... Uh, there was a lot of internal opposition to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the end, I actually got it. The board didn't like it too much, but there was some support from the board. So we took it to government because obviously, at least in the short run, this would have cost money to be rebuild everything. Yeah. But in the longer run, it would save money. And uh, yeah, government said... Obviously, no. <laughs> uh, no, they, they didn't buy that idea at all. And everybody said, uh, uh, St. FM is too... Uh, you can't use FM uh, because St. Lina is too hilly. It will not work. And I said, it will work. And uh, Johnny Dan got more and more ill. And um, he was as... I felt, and he felt, very Ill, ill-treated by the board. We don't. Some members of the board had some sympathy. Other members of the board did not. So um, when the Johnny passed away, and this was in September 2013, he wanted the money he had. It was really from his father, the old Gilbert Drummond to go towards creating independent media. Wow. But it started with Johnny wanted an, another newspaper. And he wanted me to be in charge of that newspaper. But I convinced him towards the end that we have a better chance if we introduce something new, if we just do another newspaper. We don't have any technical advantage. We don't, but if we start a newspaper, uh, start a radio station, there we have a technical advantage because I know that I tried to introduce some digital editing and that to Radio St. Lina, but it was a slow process. 
uh, we had that an FM. It's far better than AM, especially for a small island like uh, uh, Saint Lena, because less power consumption, smaller equipment, cheaper to start up. And I remember, like yesterday, the day because I took Johnny out for a ride. We, we talked about this over and over. Benice and I stayed up at Putty Hill with Johnny at the stage. Everybody know where it was going. And we stopped up at Lemon Tree Guts. And I talked to him at, at length that why don't we start a new radio station instead? I said, I know we can target the market. It would be much more difficult to get the same advantage when it comes to a newspaper is a newspaper. It can be a good newspaper or a bad newspaper, but it's fundamentally the same thing. Here we have, and I did a lot of research, obviously. didn't do it on a whim. Mm -hmm. So uh, he agreed that, yes, uh, you're right, Mike, we start a radio station. And also included in his will was that we send we're sending two staff members for training, which we did. That was uh, Angela Williams and Emma Jane Yon. They went to uh, South Africa, in in Cape Town or other places as well in South Africa. They have something called Bush Radio, which is real community radio and uh, they took them in as what you call it, interns so Angela and uh, Emma Jane went to South Africa, I think they stayed with uh, they were accommodated by Chris Armstrong, which were many people on the island would know yeah. and uh, they were then paid and everything and they stayed several months in, in uh, South Africa because they had then left their jobs, both of them worked for the media board. And uh, in the meantime, um, I um, set up, looked at what equipment would be needed. Uh, I talked to uh, Nick Thorpe. This building where we are sitting now, at that time, was under renovation. The building was a wreck before that, for many years. Thorpe's um, rebuilt it uh, and made it a very nice building and uh, came up with a contract or a promise. I don't think really in the beginning we had anything on paper between uh, Nick Thorpe and myself. I don't think so. So we know where we should be. And also at the same time, I got Benice permission that because we lived up at Hasse Charity School which is then host Timbrick's yeah. house up in, in Napoleon Street on the Brow, uh -huh. that to get this to work, we need to live on the premises. So, so what you need according to law, <laughs> sorry for talking a lot. No, no, <laughs> it's very interesting. It's very interesting. And according to law, to broadcast, you need a license to do uh -huh. so. And there the problem started. Because um, I set up and made an application for a broadcasting license. And St. Lina government said no. 
St. Lina is too small, they said. We, we already have one radio station. We don't need any more radio stations. Oh. And I've, I've never been good at taking no for an answer. So after letters back and forth, forth and fighting, they didn't change their view. Government said, no, you don't get the license. Then it's the one thing to do. You take them to court. And it's called a judicial review because I found that the decision by St. Lina government was unreasonable. First of all, already then, you want to promote private sector and uh, we want to... It's a big step forward from AM to FM. There's no question about it. I don't think people would be very happy if they only had AM today to listen to. And uh, yes, a lot of papers then that were involved in a court case. And I remember it, one of those things I will never forget is uh, the, the Chief Justice. It's always the Chief Justice that doing the judicial reviews. And it was not so much as it is today. You can do it over video conferencing and that. Mm -hmm. In 2004, that was not it didn't work like that. The judge came Nothing. to the island. He didn't come just for that, but he had other things to do. And those days it was Judge Martin, who was the Chief Justice. And when Chief Justice Martin stepped on the ship in Cape Town on the RMS, I got my broadcasting license. Wow. Although obviously, government did not have... And I said, I don't want to mention name, and I don't sit here and uh, hold grudges or anything, but obviously it all. was hor horrible times. But so I got my license because they know that they will lose in court. So uh, they gave the license. And uh, not long after that, as quick as you could, um, equipment started coming. We, we still lived up, Benice and I still lived up at um, Hussey Charity School, Host House. We set up a studio up there and uh, connected together some uh, equipment and uh, what we needed and start doing like just tests. Outside has a charity school that is like a covered patio. Yeah. And we used some uh, duct tape and duct taped up the aerial on one of the, the patio. Uh, on the woodwork on the patio and started from there and I remember there where Paul Hickling helped a little bit there as well he did some uh, soldering for me we, were, we knew each other already then but we made, otherwise it was all homemade and I didn't know I didn't have any background even if I'm actually uh, I should I think I'm, I'm a sergeant in the Swedish Signal Corps of course, okay. very long, very <laughs> uh, written off by by uh, for, but we didn't do much things like that. But otherwise, I've been, so I've been working with shortwave, but not not broadcast. Um, and there we started, and they were more or less just a playlist to see what coverage we got, and and yeah. we were very pleased. We they were proven that FM worked on the island otherwise we would have sat there or I would have sat there with a lot of equipment okay and uh, that, uh, that you couldn't use, use for otherwise anything. yeah 
And then there was a bit of waiting uh, to get the premises here ready, because there was a big uh, renovation here, to speed that process up. Um, we I have to give a big thank you there to another very dear friend of mine, and that is Peter Williams, Willie, up there in Napoleon Street. Oh, yeah. Uh, we did a lot of things together. We built the bar up at the community center, Willie and I, and uh, also one of, I guess, my weird ideas. And all the furniture, more or less, you see here today, we built here. All oh, the wow. And also get it faster. We painted all the walls. They've been repainted since, of course. This is uh, 16 years ago. And uh, to make it cheap, we use carpets. For soundproofing, uh, for yeah. For soundproofing that we hang up on the walls. Um, and everything was run on a shoestring because it, it wasn't that we didn't have that fantastic. We got some money from Johnny Drummond, uh, generously. Uh, but a lot of that money went for the training I mentioned as well. So it was, we didn't have uh, any cash as such to Not really Not a huge cash flow. No, okay. de definitely not. So everything uh, had to be done. You couldn't take in people to this and people to do that. <coughs> so, and uh, then we moved down here. First, we did some tests, because it's different to broadcast from Hasse Charity, which is then on slightly higher ground and a different location, but we did tests. It worked from here. Okay. So, uh, so uh, that worked out fine, and uh, we set everything up down here, and were then ready to start broadcast on the first Monday of January 2005. I can't remember the date the now. First but I know Monday, the first Monday, the first Monday in January 2005. Yeah, you can actually look on the computer. Look at the dates yeah, on the computer. Yeah, we could. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then there was there were only three of us. Then uh, Angela and Emma Jane uh, were back uh, from South Africa. They had been back for a while. They've been working with me up at Hasse Charity when we put together playlists. And those days, it wasn't that simple as it is today, download music, we had dial-up modems. And oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, so everything, a lot of it, I know I bought from Donny Stevens a couple of boxes of uh, CDs, but now it is time that you play a song. I've been talking so long, Jack. Uh, no, not at all, unless you're tired, if you're tired talking. But it, I'm going to have a drop of water now. Okay, you have a drop of water and uh, we'll play a little tune. So let's see what we can play. Um, yeah, why not? Let's bring on a little something from Abba. Why not? A little old tune. Yeah, good old song there from Abba. Take a chance on me. It's all about taking chances, though, really, when you're talking about St. FM. Um, back to you, uh, Mr. Mike Olson. Welcome back to the show. We were talking about the setup of St. FM, and uh, yeah, like the song says, I think it was a, a lot of taking chances. Obviously, you got yourself some equipment. Uh, was it a brand new transmitter? Obviously, it uh, oh, yes. replaced. Uh, everything was. It, uh, was new. Uh, it, it's dangerous, especially on Saint Leonard, buying second-hand equipment and it comes out here and it doesn't work. Where do you yeah. go? You can't go to the closest repair shop. No. But I'm getting there. 
But just how with those days, because we were already in the beginning that it was based on computers, a lot of the music. But I also, from Donnie Stevens as well, we had two turntables. That, so these desks are made to fit turntables and CD players, which we still use, but they're not so much used as they were. Yeah. But a lot on the computers. And you actually fashion. had to sit. You took a CD, you could rip off the CD and sit and label track by track by hand. Wow. <laughs> That's how you had yeah. to do it because of the, the internet connection. Tedious, uh, but uh, uh, worth uh, yes, in the end. But we had a few months because I couldn't buy the equipment before I had, we talked about the problems with to get the license. Uh, so and then it took a couple of months because the equipment we using is made to order. It's not standing on the shelf. And so. two thousand five. Sorry to interrupt, but two thousand five. Whilst you're doing all of this, obviously Radio Saint Helena was still in operation at that time as well. Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like you said, your equipment was uh, all new. Obviously, the transmitter was probably uh, a quarter or even a fraction of the size of no, the uh, old DWS uh, oh ones. Oh, yes, and yeah. also in a completely different power consumption. Uh, uh, I did most of the work myself, but Radio St. Lina, you had a technician that did the technical work. So uh, and we couldn't, couldn't afford anything like that. We didn't need it either. It's, uh, I had to do it myself. Later on as well, we had an engineer at Cable and Wireless called Mark Heron. Yeah. Who helped, was here for several years, and we were very good friends. So he, he came down and helped in between, not on behalf of Cable and Wireless, but... Uh, uh, in trade for a Sunday dinner and a six-pack of beer, <laughs> we we worked uh, all hours. Exchange, <laughs> yeah. Yes, so that we were very very close friends. So uh, that's how, how it's so much of this is is made, and this was then it started in January two thousand and five, and we started with more or less taking a bit of the concept of Radio Saint Helena, where you're running a breakfast show. And then instead of them running BBC during the day, we more or less had a playlist, had music. And then in the evening, you fill up with, oh, fill up, now that's the wrong word, I take back that word. Then we get the, the help from uh, volunteer, voluntary presenters. Yeah. And before we started, I had a meeting up at Jamestown Community Center with people that were interested in becoming volunteers. And many of those uh, stayed for many, many, many years. Um, and you had one of them came back to us a few weeks ago. It was Bert Constantine. Yeah. And somebody who's not on the island anymore. And that was uh, uh, John Coleman. Okay. Yeah. And also the youngest presenter we had then. I think Daisy now that come down with De- Debsy Lewis younger. But that was Francesca Constantine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to leave anybody out, but if I can't remember all of them that were there, I'm sure. Uh, then I mention quite few instead. Everybody that were there, and yes, they were willing to uh, be voluntary presenters, and uh, yeah, and, and, and there it started. 
But it didn't take long after January 2005, uh, one, one other brain wave. And I said, what do we really do here, sitting here all day and just playing a music playlist? We don't need to do that. We start running radio all day. Yeah. And that is the first full day um, radio, I think it's in St. Helena, because otherwise... The you mean the full 24 hours? No, uh, uh, 24 yeah. uh, night is still obviously a playlist. Yeah. It's hard to get vol- volunteer presenters between, between 2 and 4 in oh, the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all day from early morning... All the way around uh, the uh, All the way to um, at, least, at least half nine. But at that stage, Venice and I had moved down here. So the mornings, I did the mornings myself and then even the supervised volunteer presenters at night. There were quite a few years there that, yeah, 15, 16 hours a day, seven days a week. Wow. Uh, but it, it became extremely popular on the island. It was something people hadn't heard before. And also our news were constructed in a different way. Okay. Yeah, because we, we could be independent and not just say what uh, went down yeah. well down the road. But <laughs> we also had in, in, been ups and downs between us and the castle. But in, in sometimes we are on the same side and sometimes not. And that is how it should be. <coughs> yeah. And um, this was then early on. So five days a week we broadcast all day. And then those days we had Malcolm Bowers was on the RMS. That's right. I remember dearest Malcolm. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I still got contact with Malcolm and he's been out a couple of times and stayed with us. And he, he just came in when he was off the ship. He came in a weekday and said, I want to do a show on a Saturday. And Benice and I, we looked at each other and said, well, uh, now, no work for us, we'd be around and, and say, all, all right, we, we, we start that. And this was, as it was an RMS, he was only home for three months or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. And he started, and that, that became the tremendous. Saturday show. The Saturday show, extremely popular. Popular, yes. And also then filled up with Joe Terry in the morning, who was a good friend and also were involved in a lot of discussions when he was healthy. All the best to, to Joe, who did his brunch show. And obviously Malcolm had to go back to work on the RMS. Then, in a certain way, St. FM was the place to be. It, especially in St. Lina, it's mainly girls that go on, and they are, they are braver to go on air. <laughs> really? Uh, it, it, yeah, it's in, not so much now among older, but especially the younger ones. So Saturday afternoon, when Malcolm wasn't here, I can't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday Malcolm did, I, I can't remember. But that became like the, the youth show. I can mention it really. Uh, Kaylee Young, Sinead Green was here. Sometimes we had the office full because we also had access to internet because we had a lease line in. 
because in, in, in more or less from the beginning, we started broadcasting on internet, not with the quality we do now, and much of that, of course, is up to uh, Johnny Klingham in the UK, and uh, t- times have changed, but we, bro- we broadcast on internet. Uh, so I don't know how many girls and some boys have gone through Saint FM. I think it's more than dozens. It could be hundred that that wow. that, are, that have at some stage done a show. Yeah, that's wonderful. And it's wonderful then to you would love to train all these people, but it doesn't really work. They trained each other, and yes, the quality was mixed, but it was it was real. Yeah, real radio. It's real radio. Raw it, radio. It, it doesn't have to sound like uh, BBC. We can never come up to to, to uh, professional e- radio. That but where no. did the money come to? But do it's it? unique. It's yeah, just like I was sa- mentioning. Definitely Saint Linian. Yeah, and every radio station you listen to, uh, which is was something I said yesterday, I touched on it. It's it's different. And that's what you respect or admire about it. It's difference to the next one. What would it be like if all the radio stations were alike? You know, it, it's very boring, all. yeah. Uh, it's not many radio stations in the world that is playing the variety of music we do on St. FM because they are paid for playing maybe the 50 latest tunes and in between they put something else. We are playing music from all times all ages we have always done and so that is quite sanctilin you, you don't hear a commercial station in the uk or in the us or anywhere else doing it that way but here, here we do it and we also then got a wide in sanctilin it's too small to be able to target a certain listener group you have to be, be fairly wide uh, yeah. Otherwise, you don't have enough listeners. Then in the end, you sit and uh, uh, play music for yourself, and that, that is not what radio is about. So, so there were big changes quite early when we started, seven, seven days a week, all day, and it, it was tough times. I would never have made it without Benice putting up with all this, because there was, was more... The awkward hours you have to take yourself. If somebody cancelled their show, I did the show. (laughs) And so uh, that's why Benice and I for many years did Saturday night shows because if you have somebody on for a Saturday night, you got so many cancellations. There's a wedding to go to. Uh, And yeah, we talked about the internet radio and uh, how that started once upon a time. And what what happened after was also that on Ascension, people would start listening to St. FM over Internet at work. And okay. Ascension got problems with their international Internet connection. Okay. So they assigned, no, it was actually Damien Obey, that was, he was working on Ascension and he was assigned as there was some training course he went and I think he had that as his task to set up St. FM on uh, on Ascension Island. Okay. Uh, like a rebroadcast, you know. Yeah, the rebroadcast, take, take down the, the, 
the stream from internet and rebroadcast it. And that I've done voluntarily, sometimes there are problems on Ascension that it doesn't work and that very little we can do about it. The only thing I think, I wrote them a, a letter once upon a time, uh, just saying that you, you can do it for free and, and any legal obligations that come with it falls on St. FM. And then also got contact down the Falklands. Uh, many of people on the island will know Mario and Sharon Suvik down the Falklands, KTV. They took it up and they started doing the same. And we actually had for a short time, uh, we had a spare transmitter. Okay. Which, which I sent to Tristan de Kuna. Wow. And they started with St. FM, but due to their really bad internet connection and bad weather, it didn't work out. They worked for a while, but uh, because then we covered the entire South Atlantic. Wow, and where all the saints are. <coughs> where all the saints hang out. You uh, covered uh, that bit. Yes. And uh, then it uh, continued uh, like that. And um, it was uh, really hard work because still the revenue coming in, the money that was then in the will from Johnny Drummond, that it, there was no mo money left there. So there, there was uh, hard years to uh, had to put up. They had to put in, put in a lot of money myself to uh, otherwise it wouldn't have worked. Uh, we never got any government money. To go back in time when we bought all the equipment, I think we received £1,320 from SHDA. That's all government <laughs> money we got. Okay. And that's, uh, you know, for all time. <laughs> yeah, and what happened, if many remember, especially people involved in politics, because we were broadcasting on Ascension and residency rights and that Ascension should have a proper democracy. And they used us to promote, but it never came off, that wasn't our fault. Um, they used St. FM to get the message out to the people. So we were actually, for a while, we got uh, some money per month from the Foreign and Commonwealth Office. With wow. just the purpose of uh, informing people on Ascension that they would be citizens of Ascension. Okay. And that was before, before the so-called U-turn on Ascension Island. Uh, otherwise, it's, it's all funded. Was was still not any big money. Uh, but uh, and, uh, Radio St. Lina closed down. And the government negotiated with me and decided that we go, in the beginning, that we go in with a 50-50 partnership. Because I came up with the idea to run two radio stations, two channels, plus full-time BBC. And I draw up the business plan and everything. And um, I, don't I don't mind mentioning that name. Uh, and I, um, the head of this commission looking into it was Mr. John Stiles. Okay. Uh, and he, <coughs> so I, I supplied the entire business plan. And we had uh, negotiations with uh, Governor Gurr and then how much to pay St. FM out. I mean, I had a reasonable understanding what level it would be. So they took the business plan 
and came back to me with, yeah, more or less nothing. Okay. <laughs> and said that if we don't take our bid, we run you out of business. Very nice. Uh, which they d didn't manage to do uh, anyway. Uh, so Sam, since certain idea, that uh, that was in the beginning based on what we drew up with government to how it should run in the future. Okay, so your uh, business plan was sort of used somewhere else. Yes. Okay. Well, and somebody then uh, used that business plan as their own. Oh. And even all the equipment, even the make of equipment is exactly what I stipulated in the first place. Wow. That's what happened. And uh, then in 2013, because this, I think it was in 2013, uh, radio cost more money to run and I couldn't put in much more money. I'm not going to mention any sums, but quite substantial sums. Uh, so they said enough, enough is enough. So we closed it down. Okay. But it didn't take long. People wanted it. And there's a lot of people to mention that were involved in them setting up, set it up as the community radio. There was already really a community radio. Everybody in the community were involved. And there was a lot of politics going on at that time, but I would like to mention, especially there, when, with the restart, and that uh, Nick and Tina Stevens were instrumental, and, other, uh, and there were other people involved. And, but then it came to big clashes with government. I was still involved. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> these clashes. <laughs> oh, but it wasn't me that had had the clashes. Okay. Uh, and, and, uh, I'm only well, kidding. I'm, I'm I sometimes can have clashes with it, but not not. Uh, there have to be some limit to them. And uh, there were threats of closing it down again for good, and that is because when Tammy Williams was working with me at the Independent and talked to Tammy, because she had been down here earlier on worked with me at th that stage um, and then came back to, to mainly work with the independent and uh, she was then willing to take over and manage uh -huh. um, uh, St. FM and that uh, run uh, uh, under a board that's, uh, that's running St. FM. So then we are into more modern times and then it gone forward in all kinds of different ways. And I'm going to mention going to mo modern days, we were offered money from government to make a more level playing field uh, with government media, as I call it, SAMS, because it is government media, it's set up by government, and it was actually founded by the Attorney General, Ken Baden. Oh, was it? Yes. I had no idea. <laughs> I'm learning all the time. Yeah, there's a lot of stories. Yeah. I'm only telling you a little bit. Okay, you're just otherwise, otherwise, the otherwise we can sit here all day. <laughs> uh, but what I'm telling you is the truth. Uh, and um, we, we, I, I had for many years uh, been friends with uh, Lord Ashcroft. And that's especially since he flew over the island and I interviewed him live when he was flying over St. Helena. That was before we had the airport. 
yeah. he was a big supporter. And he came out to the island in his own plane. Yes, I remember that day. I have a photograph actually taken from the RMS St. Helena. Yes, and, uh, and he, he contacted me and we set up, he asked me to set up some meetings with people and things like that so he could meet some different people. Uh, I had some internal infection at the time, so I wasn't that all that well, but still, uh, I had meetings with him and uh, him and Mr. Uh, Andrew Alderson, who is working for Lord Ashcroft. So I, I said, go down and talk to Tammy Williams down the station as well, which they did. And uh, Tammy talked to Lord Ashcroft and showed yeah, part of anyway what government wanted to do. When the government giving out money, they also want some control, which we were not on board level including time we're very keen on so he said all right I, I put up some money so you don't need the government money okay not as much as it is now with increases and that not slight as much as what the sams get but uh, uh, but he doesn't want any interference whatsoever he doesn't interfere in anything we do and doesn't want to okay so that made it easier to be, a, be able to stand on our own feet. Yeah. So uh, just some names I'm mentioning. So we actually, up to this year, we have saved government about 300,000 pounds. Wow. Uh, which That's the government a nice never tidy had, sum. Uh, which government never had to pay. Um, so there we are up to, and then Tammy has has been the manager and do the day-to-day -day running of the station. Uh, and it's uh, me and uh, Vince Thompson on the board together with Tammy uh, that uh, have the overall responsibility if it goes really wrong. Yeah. And it hasn't actually, we haven't had many problems. We have been... Fortunate. Uh, don't say fortunate. We have been able to dodge the worst uh, okay. problems because, as a media organization, you, um, you you end up in in trouble sometimes. It's always somebody who doesn't like what you are saying. But it, it's uh, we haven't really uh, lost anything. Uh, to any great extent o o over the years. So, uh, you, 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 otherwise, you see in international media that um, well, so and so newspaper and so and so radio taken to court for this, that, yeah, and the other, and right. have, to, have to pay big money. Uh -huh. it, it has not ha happened here. We have we're operating under the standards of the media what, what, media standards commission. I think it's called. Okay. So we've been there a few times, but we've we, we never been wrapped over the knuckles, really. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's testament to the good work that uh, yourself, uh, Tammy, and Vince are doing, obviously. You know, that's uh, yeah. kudos to the three of you for great management and uh, uh, operational standards. Um, now, you would say it's, uh, Saint FM has grown in leaps and bounds then since 2005. So that's all of 16 years that uh, you have um, up uh, on your belt, uh, under your belt with uh, radio from Saint oh, yeah. FM. 
I think I said happy birthday to more people than anybody else on the island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Merry Christmas, the yeah. early Christmas uh, years. Because we have to realize that nowadays people use Facebook and Twitter and there's so many different ways to communicate. All those years ago, there was only the radio. Yeah. And getting voluntary presenters on Christmas Day, not so easy. So Benice and I, we did it ourselves. We stumbled down from upstairs. I remember one year, Benice had just a dressing gown on. <laughs> yeah, no one can <laughs> see. <laughs> <laughs> and here we sit, start at six o'clock in the morning. We saw how busy it was. Hundreds of emails and several hundred phone calls, two telephones going all the time. And for Christmas dinner, we had cheese sandwiches. Wow, you, you <laughs> sacrificed your Christmas dinner yeah, quite fun, just quite to fun. deliver greetings. That yeah, is yeah, just to say happy birthday and, uh, and uh, paying the electricity bill on top of it, uh, because obviously no revenue. But th th that was the worst year, and then for many years, good friends of ours, Bill, Bill and Jill Bolton, they normally cooked Christmas dinner, and we had Christmas dinner out on the veranda, out on the veranda here at uh, St. FM at the same time as we were working. Okay. So uh, great arrangement. Yeah, but it it, it doesn't. Uh, you can't go on <coughs> like that forever, and uh, that's also my body has taken a toll of. Uh, but I'm all right now. But uh, it, it, it it it's a hard life. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, would you say uh, that uh, you know there were lots of people. Um, involved in St. FM who also made quite a few sacrifices. Oh, yes. It was all the time. There was, there, there, was, there have been a lot of hard times. And as I said, I can't mention everybody, but it's a lot of people that done a lot of work. All the current and previous volunteer presenters and uh, helpers in different ways. It, we uh, we were talking about the evolution of radio. It has evolved quite a bit in in the sixteen years of Saint FM, uh, leaving out radio in general. I mean, for myself, I can remember when I started out as a radio presenter at fifteen. We were called production assistants back then, um, and that was in the mid eighties, I believe. And um, you know, back in those days, I'd get written notes for requests, and that had to be given to, like, a bus driver or someone who was traveling in the direction of country school, as we used to call it. Um, so they'd come to me handwritten, and now with telephones, internet, email, that in itself is, is enough. I think my very first day here at St. FM, I could not believe how easy radio had become. There were no Revox machines in sight, uh, no big DWS transmitters. I didn't have to get on a stool to uh, fire up the transmitters and reach the top switch and all of that. But, um, you know, it has evolved for me. For you, uh, what would you say are the big points that you've noticed in evolution of radio over the 16 years that you've been with St. FM? Yeah, I did actually a couple of shows up at Radio St. Lena as well sitting there queuing up. I, I right. really admire those voluntary presenters, especially the ones playing country music. <laughs> but do you know why? So many country country songs are only two minutes, two and a half minutes That's long. That's right. And try to then queue up the next. To, uh, so you have it half a, a, a quarter of a revolution before the song That's starts right. or something like that. And go. you do that on two turntables. Turntables, yeah. 
It's hard work. It is. Why do you think I'm so slim? That's <laughs> where I got my training. <laughs> because you have to work constantly. And obviously, and then running out, somebody asks for a song. Maybe, or you, you had, had them in advance. Here you, just, you can get them more or less straight away. Yeah. But otherwise you have to run out and fetch the record. Exactly. You need uh, a time to go and look and for it. Uh, I mean, all this together has made it easier which uh, you can concentrate more on what you do. There is one period I would like to mention, uh, just, and that was because Angela Williams left for Ascension Island, left here at the station, was only Emma Jane and myself, because we're going to go back to where uh, just mentioned the Independent, because we were running that at the same time. Uh, an Independent came about because I thought it was a little bit of a waste. We're doing radio news every day. Why can't we print it as well? Really based on the radio news, which I mean, news is news. So, th so that started in November 2005. So 2005 was a busy year. I think, I think it was November anyway. But only on the internet. We didn't print it. Okay. And we had a, a, a fellow called Nick Hughes on the island. I think his wife was working at a school or something. He didn't have anything to to um, do, really, and he was quite good at writing. So he, he, he came in and helped. And it was quite exactly, it would then be 15 years ago. I think it was the 9th of February, 15 years ago. It was a Thursday. We had, we said, because we, even then on the internet, we published on a Friday. But we sat here this Thursday and said, this is quite a good product. Why don't we try to print a couple of hundred? So I ring, I'm ringing then Jürgen Wolf, that owned PrintTech, say, what would it cost if I print, print uh, a couple of hundred of these and see if we can sell them? And he jumped on it, and I think he worked overnight to print it. But that Friday, we had the independent out. Wow. How about that? Uh, so that is um, another, they just off the cuff, and then we were stuck with it. Cause it and then, but as I said, when Angela Williams left for Ascension, there was only Emma Jane and myself for several months. Did full-time radio, and... The independent. The independent. Two on two people. That must have been <laughs> that, that a, was hard a work. Slug, yeah. <laughs> because we still, all right, we might take an hour with music, but ma mainly it was live show straight through, the same as always. But it was only us two. So wow. for yeah. more, more stuff to turn I'd up. say big congratulations <laughs> to uh, yourself and Emma Jane on that feat. That's no mean feat. <laughs> it's not quite a average. News, newspaper out on a Friday and still going live and radio. Very, very obviously, you can't go on forever, but we did it for a few months. Okay. Before we had more stuff. So um, yes, so it's th that's a bit about the background. It's that it was a very long, a long story with uh, many ins and outs and ups and downs. And uh, but that's it. That's, that's where we are today. And we, uh, we already mentioned, we got uh, John Klingham in UK doing a, a lot of work for us. And of course, we have 
Paul Blake. And we're really happy that Paul Blake now is better after his uh, fight with the COVID-19. And, uh, and uh, Johnny been involved especially on the uh, digital side uh-huh. and also doing some shows from UK. And it is invaluable to have people helping. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. It's mm. nothing that one or two people can do. It's actually a really... It's a big operation uh, yeah. to to uh, get it to work, and still it doesn't always work a hundred percent. But I think it's uh, it's working yeah, as well as can be expected because still it's uh, media in Saint Lena for four thousand people. It's nothing that makes you exactly millionaire overnight. Rather the opposite, I think. <laughs> It'll make uh, it cost a lot of money to do. And uh, people don't always realize the costs involved in, in, in doing different things. Yeah. Uh, just a little question on the technical side. Um, how are the frequencies for St. FM assigned? Because, uh, you know, on FM, you're practically, if you run your uh, tuner up and down, uh, you almost pick up something somewhere along the line. So you, you, didn't wanna, you don't want to clash with another station. So how are the frequencies or how were the frequencies the, assigned? They are. Um, there is a group of people. Yeah, really. It is mainly the ones with the technical knowledge. There would be sure nowadays. Make sure that there is enough space between the you. different frequencies, and just because the island is quite hilly, um, it's quite a lot of people on the island that doesn't get the signal directly. It bounces into the hillside first, and might and might move the frequency a little bit and and uh, without being too technical that it's a big difference then between AM and FM because you get so much more information into FM than what you get on AM that's why the quality is better that's also why you can run what you call RDS which everybody uses in the car yeah so they can actually find the strongest station at any time Otherwise, it's working well. We have problems out at Blue Hill. The people that are looking after it are, uh, are trying to sort that out. It's a very small transmitter out there because there's quite few people. We are not neglecting it, but we, we don't have our own access, so we're dependent on other people. It's the same if something goes wrong uh, up at High Knoll. We don't have direct access to High Knoll. And they have to say High Knoll is more often power problems than other technical issues up there and not much we can do about it just to sit down and wait yeah so uh, they we, are do, we don't have the key to the gate at high knoll or to the, to the transmitter station but uh, it, it's more or less 100 percent power issues up there that uh, which it's not shaw's fault either so in effect they are repeater stations then Th- they are repeater high stations. Knoll, deadwood and uh, blue hill depot yep um what happens is 106.7 goes from here, here up to High Knoll. And as you can see, High Knoll is not in line of sight. You can't no. see High Knoll from where we are. But it is <coughs> FM bends a little bit. Okay. The higher frequency, the, l- the less it bends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would say it's like that. That's why AM is good. We put it in one place and it goes more or less everywhere. But you get so little information into the signal so the quality is poor yeah 
uh, and then we send, we're sending up to High Knoll, but also directly from here, <coughs> we are sending to Fox Garage, Hard right. Deadwood. It, it doesn't go via High Knoll. Okay. So if you've got an outage in High Knoll, then mm-hmm. you still that the level wood and long wood should, so still, the, 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 should still be on, yes. Okay. And then Blue Hill, where we have done some experiments, and well, but we have we have some problems there. Uh, hope we can sort them as quick as we can. But it's not one of the easiest places to reach uh, because it, it's always raining, rainy and windy. <laughs> you know, you've been up there. Yeah, well, it was quite a nice day. It's actually. a nice walk. Yeah. Uh, so, and that is a substation of High Knoll. So, if uh, High Knoll goes, then Blue Hill goes as well. Okay. We can't broadcast straight from here. To Blue Hill? No. Okay. Uh, so, that's put it in a nutshell. I think people have uh, painted, a ni- you've painted a <coughs> nice little picture of how uh, the signal sort of works. And um, it's a very interesting chat about St. FM, actually. There's a, it's a nice story. It's a heartwarming story. And I'm sure that uh, everybody's very pleased to... Um, uh, hear a little history of St. FM. But tell us something, um, Mike. Uh, what, are, what are some of the most memorable moments you have as a, a radio broadcaster? What, have, what are some of the most memorable things that uh, you've done or has happened here at St. FM that makes it uh, a wonderful uh, place for radio? It, I think we have to look at it more, more in general. They've been the reception by the people. Um, that uh, people got something new that was in demand. There was a a void of radio. The importance of radio has increased something tremendous over over these years, since 2005. Um, And my idea with St. Ethan and how it should work is that you always... But try to keep the listener, even if the listener doesn't 100% like what you are playing, we talk about music now, it's not bad enough so they turn off. You don't have to play good music, but don't play really bad. Because then you also have the possibility to get messages out as soon as people got their radio on. You get messages out that something happens. And there is one of those memorable uh, things that actually was quite uh, it was fantastic really it was, it was a tragedy but it was from radio point of view and that was when we had a major rock fall in Upper Jamestown Okay. and a lot of people had to be evacuated and, and they didn't, a lot of them didn't have anywhere to go so what happened was that we set up here at St. FM. Uh, so people called in and said, oh, we got two beds here and there, or, or we got one bed, or we got three beds. And from the other side then came both via rescue service and people themselves that had to get out, called down to St. FM, and they were allocated from here. And I remember that night very well because the then financial secretary Linda Klimet she was good uh, still is even if she's uh, on the Isle of Wight nowadays 
we were very good friends. She was here and had her Bacardi and Coke. <laughs> uh, and she helped and she was here all night. So her and I was on radio and uh, just out with the messages, what was closed, what was open, where people should go. And Benice and uh, Linda Clement took the phones out in the office. And that showed more than anything else the importance of radio. They couldn't, not even today with mobile phones, because with mobile phones you, you, you reach a, a certain people. With radio you reach the entire range. Yeah. And uh, you can't expect everybody to have Facebook and the, the fastest way. And still, if I can say something that might not go down well with some people is that what has been neglected with entire emergency services on the island. More or less, don't let media know the dangerous is media. But media is not just chasing news. Media is to serve the community when community need it. We wouldn't put out gross stories. We are in St. Helena with people being killed or seriously injured without the, 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 the rescue and emergency services being involved but getting things that need to go out now getting that in a press release three, de three days later is not much use is it? No, not really. And therefore, therefore I think that the, the, when it comes to uh, the disaster plan for the island that the chain of command is far too long media should be in the middle of it mm. with the understanding that it's not used as news it is used to, to serve inform. to serve more or less immediately something like that happen we hand over ultimately the control to government because it, uh, we, we follow what they're saying we are not sitting here get information and putting out something else right. we are there to serve the community under those circumstances and, and there I think we recent years have lost a lot just because we want to be as they do it in UK we're going to have gold command and silver command and bronze command and lead command or whatever they have but uh, it is uh, not good if something big happened on the island media need to know straight away to avoid and to save lives so that's why I use that example when, uh, if Linda Kmet listening, she's coming soon to the island as soon as she can get through the COVID barrier. Uh, that was really memorable uh, and important, and uh, maybe give a small idea to somebody uh, taking over the disaster planning, which will happen mm. in the future. That uh, that is how it should work, mm. and also you know how Saint Lina is for rumors. That uh, instead of the rumors going out there, put the, the correct version, not the doctored version, because people see straight through it. People are not stupid. The proper version out straight away. Yeah. Otherwise, it just create problems. Yeah, you have the rumor mill working at full speed or high speed. Yeah. Yeah, and the the saying is here: no smoke without a fire. And it isn't always like that, but quite often it is. And there are people, uh, one, uh, add one and one and coming up with three. 
So uh, I think th those things are important. To me, they are important. And that's also why, coming back to the music you play, they often have to be quite mainstream, to me anyway, because people don't turn off. Because people turning off their radio, they can't, they can't hear the emergency message either. Right. And uh, so uh, it, it has to be the, the radio. There, for example, um, people should have. When I grew up, where I come from is in Sweden. It was during the Cold War, and we were always very. We were scared of the Russians. Mm. They were a bit too close for comfort. Partly they were in UK as well, but we were much closer. Mm. And everybody was recommended to have a radio receiver, battery radio receiver. Because if the power goes, uh, if you listen on your hi-fi, then how should you get the information? Yeah, that's right. In other words, a little transistor, a little tranny. Yes, and the same really the problem for the station here because we don't have any big battery backups either because for us as a small, relatively poor organization, we can't afford to do it. But that is something that actually I think the emergency planning should make sure that we have. Mm. Uh, that, that makes sense, doesn't it? It does make sense. I, I do agree with you. And uh, because that is not uh, all right, it would be beneficial for us as well, but that would be beneficial to the entire society. Exactly. Yeah. And um, uh, in these times, you know, in these strange times we live in now, uh, we just don't know what lies uh, ahead of us. And we actually have we have an agreement with government uh, that we are on call. Muggins is, on, <laughs> Muggins is on call 24 hours uh, oh, practical reasons otherwise we are on call 24 hours a day most likely being me because I live closest after all that's just mm -hmm. purely practical reasons that if anything should happen doesn't matter what time it is and we're talking about doing it for government don't call that, don't call me for a request for a, <laughs> for, for, for auntie and right. I have to run down the station that's not how it works if it is a major emergency yeah. we are here within normally within 5-10 minutes we're here to uh, serve and, and then people switch on their radio and uh, or the, the radio should be on a lot of older people they got the radio on all night all the, yeah all the time um, yeah, it, it's been really nice hearing about St. FM. But before you leave us this afternoon, uh, Mike, there's just one thing. Obviously, you've done quite a bit in your uh, young life, and today being your birthday and all, uh, it's a nice time to reflect on uh, most of the things you've done in your life. You mentioned the um, uh, Swedish uh, army, was it? Or yeah, we were, con we were done conscripts. Uh, everybody have to you know, either, either you uh, uh, went, uh, joined the forces for a year or uh, you went to prison simple as that it wasn't a choice I'm not uh, it was mandatory yeah. but uh, out of all of the careers and things that you've done in your life where on the list does uh, radio uh, presenting broadcasting slash journalism where does that rate on uh, the list of many things you've obviously done in your life Oh, that must rank fairly high. It's just that it's not a very prof profitable business in a small place. Mm. Um, I've had quite a few good good jobs in in different areas, but uh, I mean, this is what I work with today, and 
But I all the t- all the time was been working with other things, been a bit of lay advocate and helped people and helped companies with different things, uh, which has um, in, uh, indirectly actually helped Saint FM as well. So it had some small side sidelines. Uh, originally, I'm, I'm a qualified management accountant, but. I, I couldn't sit and read a spreadsheet all day. <laughs> so I'm, you know how to, it's like the the baker's children get stale bread, okay? So uh, okay. I don't like doing the accounts, but I can have a look at them and I can analyze them. Uh-huh. But I don't like sitting, but working with it. radio and the newspaper and journalism, it is quite high on your list then. Yeah, no, I'm interested in so many things and it's one of those jobs where... You, you can't be. You no, know, nobody can be an expert in everything. But you know, you know, a little bit about quite a lot of things. So that's very varied in that. And you must must know a little bit about everything. Otherwise, you don't have any future in media at all. You have to understand. If you then can talk, it's, uh, it helps, or, or and or write. That's. Uh, Uh, of course, you have to be able to use the language. And I use English as my second language. So, uh, yeah. uh, but I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm managing English as well. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> would you say that, uh, or would you say it's any truth in uh, thinking that there is really no right or wrong way about radio. It's uh, about having a relationship with the listener. Would you say that there's some truth in that? Oh, yes. Yeah, most definitely. Otherwise, if we want to standardize everything that we do, then we only need one presenter. If they, <laughs> yeah. You want to have... Uh, variety. Yeah, variety. But then variety in music you can always fix if you are into that. But... Also, variety in presenting, maybe a little bit of variety in the interest, what to do. So, um, yes. And uh, certainly, um, <laughs> I'm sure you would agree that uh, radio is, is not boring. It stops you from being bored, and uh, there are no two days alike. No, the thing is that you can't, you can't do today, and say that. Uh, If I do it today, I don't have to do it tomorrow. It doesn't work like that, does it? So you can't do anything in advance. You have to do it now. <laughs> uh, so you start with a blank sheet of paper every morning. Yeah. And what should we talk about today? What's coming up? What's so it is. Uh, yeah, it's a very varied, interesting job. But trying to get everybody into the same mold I think would be extremely boring yeah but uh, this little chat has been anything but I've to- I've really enjoyed chatting with you about uh, Saint FM and like you said you're only scratching the surface because obviously uh, there's quite a bit more and lots and lots and lots of stories that you could tell us Uh, but um, generalizing, looking uh, at the big picture, uh, Saint FM has moved in leaps and bounds, and uh, over the 16 years. And uh, 
would you have a little comment on the future of Saint FM? Is it um, any particular direction you'd like to see it travel in? That's very difficult to say because, the, the, especially on the technology side, we don't even know uh, what the future holds. What I can say is, it, it, um, is that I think Saint Lena still is so far behind the rest of the world and it's very good in certain ways but for example when uh, people have more access hopefully cheaper internet connections that then you people just listen to Spotify and these channels then radio really have to compete with those And people also have to realize the emergency message doesn't come over Spotify. Okay. That come over your local radio. Mm -hmm. So local radio will have a place for many, many years to come and should have. And that is even, as I see the danger with, if you don't haven't got it set up properly, that you run 24 hours BBC you must have a possibility to break in. If you, for example, running three radio channels, you have to be able to break in with emergency. I don't care if you miss a piece of BBC because you got a rock fall up in town. Otherwise, if you're sitting there listening to BBC... And you won't know what's happening. You won't know, and, and you can put yourself and other people at risk. So local radio... Um, has a huge role to play even if they don't always play the music that's your favorite music or might not always be the presenter you were most keen on the, the, it, you never know what's going to happen the next minute that's and, true and this so the streamlining and, and for me quite boring it's not the same company as radio to sit and listen to Spotify or what all these ones are called But it also gives access to music for us even easier mm. if you've got, uh, uh, got broadband. So we can look forward to radio yeah, being Yeah, but we have to adjust with the times. For And then that is what I think happened. If everybody would have adjusted with times earlier, then I don't think St. FM would have, uh, would have existed, actually. Wow. But it was because it's a tremendous gap between the old days and what happened in 2005 it is miles apart yeah you've sort of uh, bridged that gap yes at the, at the right time the gap at the right time yeah. yes and we're thankful for that mike and on that note i'd like to say a very big thank you to you as well uh, for coming to tell us all about saint fm on the, on this special day actually it's world radio day today so um What do you think? Shall we play a nice little radio song? Um, yeah, I've I got... It's up to you. You've got the playlist. I've got the playlist. Um, I didn't know if you had a suggestion. I am going to play you another cancer song, though. It's your favorite as well. So I'm going to line up a couple of songs. Uh, let's go with Reba McIntyre, shall we? Uh, yeah, we, we're covering quite a few bases. <laughs> uh, yes. But It's country. I, uh, yeah, but... You, you got dust in the wind. I've and we all have dust in the wind. And we're all going to blow away one day. 
Oh, what a way to what a way to finish with <laughs> the way to look at okay. it. Just, it's just a fact of life. It is. So I think then we'll close with Kansas dust in the wind, which I hope Saint Avem doesn't turn out to be at, at at any stage really. I hope it's around for uh, hundreds of years to come yet. And Mike, thank you very much. And uh, we're going to play you out with Kansas, and hopefully uh, you'll be back to tell us some more Saint Avem stories maybe on another World Radio Day. Thank you very much, Mike, and uh, I'll bid you a very good day. Same to you. Thank you, Sharon. <laughs>